Welcome to 442FM, we're in Kazan, we're doing our World Cup wrap-up. Welcome back to 442 FM. We're in Kazan and we are in a restaurant. We've got special guest Michael Lynch. Hi there. Hope uh, you're all having a good time. And John Davidson. Hello. Uh, we've just seen the Socceroos exit. Uh, what are the major lessons we've learned? Gee, strikers are important, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, the, the number one. There's lots of things to take away, but the number one thing is, is not taking your chances is, is, is uh, crucial in football, isn't it? Well, I'm not sure we learn anything, because I think this is something we actually knew beforehand, yeah. that Australia really, really struggled to score goals. And, you know, during the qualifying campaign, on numerous occasions, they got themselves into decent positions, 1-0 ups away from home, quite often from penalties or set pieces, and then squandered those, and they couldn't, you know, take advantage of the positions they had because they couldn't convert goals. And even, you know, that nightmare night in Melbourne against Thailand, when any other night the score probably would have been 28-0, you know, but like 95% possession went behind didn't they you know and, and only one two one they just cannot finish what amazes me though is that we keep making the same selections over and over again without you know really addressing the issue that these are not players who are scoring I mean I added up from our, our yeah, front four has got 201 games between them and 28 goals that's uh, not great. We'll that's say. one, one every in seven games. I was going to say one in every eight. Or and I think that, that's our actual attacking front four. Potent, isn't it? I think it's not only... <laughs> well, it, as I said in my piece, you know, I think you know, what Bert turned out was a competent side, mm-hmm. but an ultimately impotent side. Well, he turned out... what Bert did what he said on the team. He turned out a competent, structured, organised, pragmatic team who would be hard to beat and certainly acquit themselves with plenty of integrity and no little honour, but essentially be toothless because they haven't got any teeth. They had no teeth uh, from the squad he inherited from Ange Postacoglu. He certainly didn't unearth any new fangs with which to bite anyone. And the one player who may really have been worth having a look at because his record in the second half of the season in Scotland suggested he was a poacher was Jamie McLaren. But he wasn't even in the initial squad. He was a, a kind of late late gas call-up. He never got a minute, did he? I, I just... It does baffle me. You know, I mean, obviously Naboot was the uh, attempted circuit breaker for this, but essentially he's a winger. He's not he really a, a striker. He, he was played more like a central defender playing up front. His job was to chase, <laughs> yeah. chase Harry, well, not a central he defender. Was he, was, front, he was basically like a number six told to play yeah. higher up the pitch and chase Harry, press, shut down. And he suited that perfectly because of his muscularity, his strength, his power and his athleticism. But you're right. He's a wide player who looked impressive in the A-League, cutting in and scoring with goals, not not really in the central channel. Interestingly enough, our new magazine is going to be coming out in a fortnight's time in the uh, in Australia. But in there is a there's a masterclass from uh, Michael Owen, and he's just saying, and it's something that I've always compared with uh, 
Jim McLaren. He's a natural. Michael Owen was a natural born goal mm. scorer and was overlooked when he was younger. Uh, but people were saying this well, is a goal I'm scorer. Not, sh- not sure he was overlooked. He, he was, was for the, the England, England for the England. England no, wasn't he eighteen when he played yes, in the World but he, Cup? He, he had to be. He was. He had to be forced in the same way that Arzani was almost forced well, yeah, but he, in, into the side at that time. But he was on the radar for oh, sure. He was, he was in the he squad. Was, yeah, but uh, people were yeah. saying he's a natural-born goal scorer. He should be playing, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I feel the same way about McLaren. But what Owen is saying in the new magazine is that uh, the role of the striker has changed so much, even yes, from when he yeah. was there. He said when Drogba came in, everything changed. Suddenly, that you had that one lone striker up front who had to be able to do everything. Yeah. Uh, and whereas he used to be able to work with another striker, and you well, know, yeah, he, he grew up in a classic kind of four-four-two exactly. English mm. uh, structure, didn't he? Where you had a big man up top and a little guy playing off him, yeah. and uh, and it worked ever so well for a long time for a lot of clubs. I mean, yeah, Sun- a work for Liverpool and England yeah. with Heskey and Owen. Yeah, and yeah. even Sunderland, the team who are now really struggling. Kevin Phillips and Noel Quinn. Phillips and Noel yeah. Quinn. It worked, yeah. you know, got Both them yeah. up to top half of the Premier League. Uh, who do we blame for this? Like, is it the Dutch? Do we pin this one back on the Dutch no. as well? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I personally think this is an A-League structural issue. And I but think the Dutch it, I, are playing this way 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, but this is a global phenomenon that's changed. Mm, yeah. but, how we actually address it in Australia is a huge conundrum for us, though. I'm really not sure there's an easy way out for this because clubs rely on goals to make the finals, to get success, to get crowds. Uh, And the best bang for buck in terms of getting goals is overseas strikers. So it's not, it's not also, I agree with you, it's not just strikers, it's number 10s as well. Oh, absolutely. It's your yeah. Finklers, yeah. it's your Nikovic's, it's not only goal scorers but goal creators and yeah. that's the problem yeah. that Australia yeah. has as well. A lot of it is to do with the way that, like I watch a lot of Melbourne Victory obviously being yep. based in Melbourne, I mean they've always played kind of with a front three, you know, and an attacking team. But, but Fred, and then there's no, but last season not Australian it was Truizzi, who was Australian. Uh, and who was off the boil? Costa Barbarousis, who's a Kiwi, who's a Kiwi yeah, who is arguably yeah, their kicker yeah, rider. Yeah, yeah, Leroy George, yeah, Leroy Dutch, Barisha. Yeah, they're, they're foreigners, but what I'm saying is the structure and the way they play the game the, is yeah, not with lone no, no, strikers. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that the, the So structure. what you're saying is we should have more Australians in yes, those roles. Yeah. But how we actually achieve that, I think, is the great problem. I mean, we could bump up the salary to make it more worthwhile for Australian strikers, but at the end of the day, that just means but there the are, clubs... But where are they anyway? Well, there this aren't is it. This around the world aren't the, they? The, the, the Australians are, the clubs are just going to pay more to overseas strikers oh, to try and get even better quality obviously the A-League clubs and the coaches are saying looking at what the pool of talent in the NPL or whatever and saying they're not good enough we need a yeah. Leo Donovan or a Borussia and or a very often Nijewski. when you look at the NPL those strikers in those positions are actually A-League cast-offs yes. they're the guys that you know have been given a shot and yeah. just didn't, but yeah. didn't sometimes make it. I think a lot of players get cast off far too soon and far too yeah. early a lot of those guys in the NPL who are 21, 22, starring as strikers, they got bumped out at 18, 19 yeah. out of youth teams. And, and, you know, I mean, this squad here is full of actually cast-offs. The Australian squad in Russia had several guys who were cast-offs initially. Naboot yeah, being yeah, a prime yeah. example. Absolutely. Aziz Bayic being the best example of the lot, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure if we went through it, we, we'd remember one or two more, you know. And, and so perhaps... Some of these talented, young, tricky attacking players who get bumped out at 18, 19 because they're either considered not strong enough or not effective enough, maybe they should get another look at them at 21 and 22 and give them a longer go. You know? but, but I think the problem is 
getting them in that position where they can have a longer go, well, where we, they can have an extended we, run. We need to have a look at what we're doing with the Y League now that it's what, eight, eight rounds? games. Yeah, but that's uh, just uh, ridiculous. You know, the, the, we need some kind of reserve league of some uh, sort where these guys can get a better mm. opportunity to shine at a competitive level. That's so, part of it. But the big issue is we need a division two. I mean, yeah, without this well, this becoming an A League podcast, absolutely. But, you know, we clearly, need something. We need, well, you know, and I've expressed my view many, many times in in the. City Morning Herald in the Melbourne Age and on various radios and what have you and podcasts. I mean, my view is the optimal is 16 teams in the A League and 16 teams in the second division. Yep. And that way you do create pathways, you do create opportunities for players, coaches, development staff, the whole shebang. And, um, you know, w- w- why do we expect really to do well at a World Cup? We have nine professional clubs. Yep. I mean, that is astonishing that we even get there but in, in saying, a way. But in know, saying that, that there's, true. 100, very true. there's 150 or more players overseas, mostly in Europe. So I think, I think there's enough players playing, you know, at various leagues, whether they be in Scotland, Belgium, Yeah, but we're, we're addressing the issue of goals and how many of them are playing as forwards. Yeah, very, that, very that's, there's, there's probably 15 to 20 out of that. That's, that's and, a fair and point. what yeah. level are they playing? Yeah, or some, you know, some all, of them. With all respect to McLaren, he's playing in the SPL. It's, I mean, you know, we're hardly talking about top draw stuff anymore. But he, but he, but he scored wherever he's but played. He, yeah, but he does. That shows, he he, you know, he's a finisher. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, great. I, I, this is the major problem we've got. You know, we've not got people playing in the actual Socceroos who know where the net is on a regular basis. Uh, not one of her front four has scored more than eight goals for the national side and I, in you know up to 66 I, I caps. I, I mean, Matt Leckie's playing at a very good level in the Bundesliga and he's playing in a forward area. But he's, he's, not, not, he's not a goal no. scorer, no. he's a wide man. And that, you this know, issue, that's why Cahill's, Ange particularly, has held on with Cahill so long because he can he knows, finish yeah, and he's shown over the years. I mean, Ange wasn't able to solve this in, in four years in terms of well, bringing changed. in a... He changed he the did. structure, yeah. he set up, he changed the whole kind but, of philosophical approach to try and change it, and he still yeah. couldn't find an answer. I no. mean, he, he certainly put us in a position where we were creating so much more chances with the back three, etc. Um, against poor opposition. Against yeah. poor opposition, but uh, even with those increased number of chances, we still couldn't find the net, and all we did was frustrate ourselves. Well, that's right. That but night- we, didn't, we still didn't experiment enough with that forward position. That, you that mean we should have stuck with the back three and and carried well, on with the I, I think midfield if we, if overloads? We were, if we were going to do the midfield overloads and we found that wasn't working, then we needed to look at not alternative options in the front three mm. uh, to find people that who, could who make are the most of that. Alternative options. I mean, this is I'm, a I'm looking at the 2014 squad. Adam Taggart was 21. Yeah, 20 or 21. He was in that. Squad, Played against but, Spain in the last game. Yeah, he started against Spain. I mean, he's gone. His career's kind of gone backwards since. Through injury. Yeah, Yeah, through injury and a couple of wrong, probably, decisions uh, about moves. But he's got a chance to rehabilitate himself now. He's gone to Brisbane and he's playing under a coach who was a top level striker, John Aloisi. So he might. You know, who I knows? Th- he's young enough to come back in he, four years' he time. He is just young enough to he's come 25. back. Yeah. He's 25. Yeah. He's at the age where he's no longer the young hope he used to be, no. but yeah. he needs to hit his peak, and he needs to hit it very yeah. fast now. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm looking around at the rest of the A-League. I mean, Pierce Waring at Victor, but he's gone. You know, yeah. he didn't get any opportunity. Kenny Athew. He's 25. But Kenny's 25 <laughs> and yeah. still very yeah. raw yeah. and big issues over first touch but at least Kenny he does actually offer something different absolutely well I think I think that's that's part of the thing even you look back at the Josh Kenny days at least it's a, it was a different option 
But one one player who's emerging at the moment who could be in for a big season is Ben Falami at, at Ipswich. He started in the championship there and he's only 19. He's a striker. He's scored a lot of goals in youth level. Impressed enough at Ipswich in the second division of England to, to get a start. So yeah. he's signed a new deal with them in the off-season. So hopefully there, he can play is, in the championship and score some goals. There is an Aussie boy whose name escapes me. He's in Portugal. He's playing in the uh, second division in Carter? Portugal. Yeah, it is, Carter, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's with uh, the Benfica B team. With, the yeah, he, team. You know, he's scoring goals and he's apparently a big unit and a kind of classic number nine. I mean, he could come through. There's all sorts of kids. I mean, that Melbourne City youth team, Kevin, you and I were down there um, a couple of months ago and spent the whole day, didn't we? And, you know, that that whole strategy that they're adopting, and they've got uh, Rami Nad... I can't can't pronounce the boy's (laughs) name without looking at it, but he'll know who he is if if he's listening to this. We should have been better prepared, shouldn't we? But, uh, you know, there's him, Rami, and a number of other kids who who come through there. John Roberts has gone back to Western Sydney, who came through there. Again, you know, I think this is an area where Melbourne City are probably leading the the way in the right sense Mm. for Australia uh, football as a whole. E-League, for them, is now a development league. Their club is a development club. They're identifying talent, they're bringing it through, they're giving it a platform, and then hopefully they hope to try and sell it off, make a profit, Mm. and uh, everyone benefits. Um, My concern is that is what Arnie used to do at the Mariners. That was very much his technique. He would try and find stars, sell them Christmas, and hope to have enough points in the bag in the bank to see them through to the uh, uh, the uh, the end Final. of the season. Yeah. Um, when he hit Sydney, he tried to do that in the first season. It failed miserably, and he, at that point, he then vowed that he was just going to go for experience. With your uh, but yeah, obviously Especially he now. couldn't he couldn't do that. Uh, he said, and he had the oldest team in the A League. He did essentially built around. The three foreigners, Majewski, Bobo and Ninkovic, and before that, Holosko. Uh, and obviously had a lot of success and experienced Australian players in Wilkinson and, uh, well, Matt German before that and, and also uh, Luke Wilkshire. But that's, that's in two very interesting we philosophical... Have, uh, backs, but we have Corona and Kozel, light or... Corona? Corona? Just on getting the, the drinks ordered. On, on the beer already, Jay <laughs> Davidson, eh? Uh, when, in, when in Russia in a World well, Cup. Myself and your esteemed uh, leader here, uh, you know, on the mineral waters with gas, we're true professionals. <laughs> but Keep no, telling yourself that. The point, the point you were making there is two points, and they're both philosophically at 180 degrees to each other, aren't they? You're talking about Sydney being pragmatic and winning the league because it's not a development competition. Which and I only Mel- said. Melbourne City, as Kevin pointed out, and I'm agreeing with him. It's a development league to, to, to mine players in talent. But one of those guys is going to be in charge of the Socceroos mm. from basically right now. Mm. So he has to change his philosophy. He has to. Uh, but do we see that happening? I mean, we've got the Asian Cup in uh, six, six months. months. Is Tim Cahill going to be there? Because, you know, with Arnie in charge, I can't actually rule that out. I don't think until we've got a, an alternative solution yeah. for goals. I don't think you can rule it out, but, but surely I think the time has come. I mean, if the, the last club season has shown, barring and obviously barring his, his important goal against Syria, but his club season has shown that there's not really left it I, left I, in the I, legs. I, to be honest, you know, I, I think I can't actually see him getting a club. No. Uh, at all. 
I, I think at which what, point yeah. the Socceroos career is over. It's uh, like Lucas Neal's Yeah, I uh, think career. we should have probably a friendly game in Australia in the to give him a test. Give him a, no, he doesn't need a testimonial, honestly. Uh, no, just but a, a just, fair just to give him a fair Mark Bosnich has suggested yeah. that in the last few days. Yeah, oh, really? It's yeah. the yeah. obvious thing to do. They'll have friendly matches in the build-up. Mm, exactly. They don't all have to be in the Middle East. They could have one in, yeah. in Melbourne yeah. or, Sy- or Sydney, yeah. which is where Tim's from. Mm. And... Uh, and that would be a, a fair well. They did it with Spider Kalats and all those guys. Do you remember uh, yes, seven or eight yep. years ago? Yep. Yes, um, it's actually, it's been a while since we had a farewell. Yeah, and obviously uh, Bird Roos, to be honest. decided against it. But I think one No, thing, but I mean, for players, we've yeah, been, yeah. even Bresciano just played out without yeah. anything. Well, it was typical Bresciano, wasn't it? it no was fanfare. Didn't, didn't seek it, which is yeah. obviously different to KL. I, I would be <laughs> astonished if Tim was in the national team squad because I think your point is the one he's not going to get. Who's going to hire him? Oh, no, I, I fully agree, but by the same token, you know, I, I just don't know where Arnie's going to look to for goals. I, do do you, what do you think Arnie himself is going to take from that squad? Who do you think is going to see through to his... Just, Asian Cup. just before I answer, I'll just throw one point. Should we go back to a strategy which the national team used through the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, even the 90s of natural, targeting foreign players and naturalising, which they did with Milan, Ivanovic, half of that 74 team were, you know, born... Yeah, but that's where football was in 74. It was but basically even, Sheila's, Wogs, Pufters and immigrants, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. The only people who were playing it were blokes with accents like mine. You know, <laughs> or cabins, you know. But, but even... Ivanovic was, what, 90, 97? Yeah, he was yeah. He was an outlier at that time, though. Yeah. They weren't, but they weren't naturalising ob- many Obviously, then. we can't do that with a, with a Fornaroli or a Borussia, but... Do you go out? I mean, well, I'm just, I I'm just throwing a, a question out there. Do you go out and target a, a 23 or a 21 year old gun from you know Eastern Europe or whatever? And well, this say we'll, we'll naturalise we you in five we, years. I mean, technically, we can still do that with foreign Aruli, I think. Yeah, um, Middle East countries are doing Bruno, Qatar and Bruno, the like. Bruno, yeah. Bruno is. Um, I don't think he's ever played at senior level. No, but he's played in junior level. He can't. He can't represent another country. Or after junior level? Yeah, because you have to have two passports oh. when you do it. I think he played either under 23. Well, this, this, uh, this, yep. this was a piece uh, one of our colleagues wrote in the News Limited papers the other day, uh, Val Miliaccio, who's not here, but Val, watching it in Adelaide, did his 10-point plan to cure the Socceroos' ills, and one of them was very eye-catching. It was he, he cited Mauro Icardi as the sort of player we could get, and then he said, well, we can't, because he's played four times for Argentina, but he's on the <laughs> outer, and there are players like him mm. around yeah. who've upset or cheesed off their football federation who, you know, like Diego Costa went and played for Spain, not Brazil. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah. You, you know, there are, I'm not saying we could get a Diego Deco, Costa. Deco, yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah, I mean... But would it be the right thing to do? Would, would it, what that, message does would it send? Would that feel like an Australian team? Would people get behind it? I mean, yeah. Frank Karasic, uh, one of the issues he had, although not shining in training, was the language barrier. He didn't, as far as I can gather, he didn't speak any English. <laughs> He'd never been to Australia, never, so I'm not never surprised. never been there before. But, that's a fair point, but look at other sports. Rugby Union, half the team, you know, born in Fiji and moved to Australia at 15 or whatever, and, and Rugby League, they've had okay. Fijians who've naturalised most recently. I think Australians are very, very keen on success. I mean, exactly. you know, it's they, about winning. How, how about how quickly uh, Hannah Mandlikova became ha- 
Aussie Hanna, the tennis player from about 20 years ago. I don't remember. Ago. I remember Kepler Vessels, yeah, Kepler, cricketer yeah, from well, South Africa. They now yeah. play for the Kepler Vessel, don't they, when they play against <laughs> South Africa. But, you know, and Tatiana Grigorieva, yes, the yeah. Russian pole vaulter, who suddenly became Aussie Tatty or whatever <laughs> she was called when she was winning. So I think Australians probably would embrace it if they turned out to be winners but they'd give them a right kicking if they turned out to be failures this is it i mean again it's another big gamble to take but you know that's i guess it's a big challenge for a scouting network to try and identify potential targets with dual nationality or lure them to the a-league and you think about the dual nationality i mean how many kids out there and, and a lot of the australians playing in europe are Either dual nationality or have passports from their from but, their parents or migrants. But I mean, how many have actually gone under the radar? So yeah, I'd not that many. I wouldn't say too many, to be mm. honest. I mean, the one that really sticks uh, comes to mind is the um, Uruguayan, was it? Uh, oh, um, I remember your Ricardo um, Porter. That's yes, the one. yeah. Yes. Uh, we my, never we never took yeah, Max my, Max Vieri. Well, he did. <laughs> no, yeah. he did. He played. No, no, that's what I mean. That was probably an example of, no, uh, of that my, policy um, not working. The bad yeah. My, my yeah. esteemed and, and, and sadly missed uh, colleague, Mike Cockrell, was a huge advocate of Ricardo Porta. Yes. And was forever urging... Um, I, I never really got the... The understanding of why we just didn't even have a look at him. I mean, well, that's right. I, I'm not one of these who thinks uh, handing out caps like confetti well, is a, sure a, a big issue. I, I think that the only way you ever get a real look at a player is bring him into camp and play him in a match situation. Yeah. You know, um, certainly the friendlies and see what he's capable exactly. of. Exactly. And, you know, doesn't worry me that some guys, a lot of guys, have got one <laughs> cap and one only. So what? Yeah, I agree, and I think that again, that's an opportunity that we've not necessarily maximised in recent games. Is using that friendly to try out new players and see mm. how they fit, uh, and put them in competitive, uh, relatively competitive well, situations. In saying that, what Ange tried was it fifty players? Oh, yeah. he, 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 he tried a lot. He had a good mm. scouting network, Ange. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, he certainly Ante, went through players. But... Ante Milicic was mm. often dispatched to Eastern Europe and well, Europe, he's, wasn't he's he? based in Croatia, isn't yeah. he? But yeah. Ange was very much against friendlies. That's he, true. He didn't yeah. like friendlies. And to be, to be from my perspective, I know it interferes with the training uh, aspect of things. Oh, most of these coaches, you give them two weeks in a training camp rather than two games, and they, that's what they'll take. Yeah, yeah. but... Well, I mean, you know, they're the, they're the professionals and we're not in that sense. But um, I still feel that we could use the friendlies, try players out in that oh, I agree with you uh, because it, it's no stigma. Environment. I don't think it's any stigma against the national team shirt. One bloke comes in and has a look because uh, he's been doing well in club football, but he has a stinker and he can't cope with the pressure at national team level. It's better to find it out in a friendly. Exactly. Than, than and in a too qualifier. often we were discovering yeah. in competitive games that players just weren't up to it. Yeah. Mm. Look, there's a lot of kids... Are, I mean, Chris Economidis, you know. I, yeah. I, I was around in Tajikistan three, four years ago when he got called up, I think, for the first time. I think he was in that squad. Um, he just seemed to sort of disappear yeah. I mean, was his form at West Sydney that terrible? He was one who looked very promising, but never seemed to be able to take the step up, to my, from my perspective. I, th- I thought he did actually reasonably well at Western City, but I, I'm not sure if he's staying. I think he is staying there, but that's the sort of key to him. He's been playing reserve team football, and he's now 
think in his early 20s, 21, 22, he needs to be playing, whether it is in the A-League or well, wherever is, in Europe, he needs is, uh, to be playing regularly week in, week out. And that's the other issue is that all these, a lot of these young Aussie players, even in their 20, 20s, 21s, they're not playing regular football at, at a <coughs> decent level. Well, they're, if they're not playing first-team football, I mean... You know, yeah, even in the A-League. You need to... You need to. I mean, there is a litany, a long history of, over the last decade of strikers and players who've had a go. David Williams, remember? You know, yeah. Taj Minicom. Remember yeah, Taj Minicon? You know, yeah. I don't know what yeah. happened to him. He's disappeared. Uh, yeah. There were uh, a lot of sort of number well, David nine. Williams playing in Hungary. He is playing you know, in he's Europe. been playing in the Hungarian first division. Gol Mabrantu, apparently, playing scoring goals yep. in the Czech Republic. I don't know. Second division, is I think it's second division. No, I thought it was the first, I think it's the first division, yeah. I thought it was the second, okay. Yeah. I mean, Ellie, Ellie Babal is another uh, one. Well, his career enough. really fell apart, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, After yeah. his time in Belgrade. Yeah. I got an email this morning from somebody, a fan, wanting to sign Ellie for his club. Uh, and that's how far is that Ellie's how far he's dropped off the radar yep. God, Kevin's taking commission yeah but you know <laughs> I mean he I remember when he was at Melbourne Hart under Johnny Van Chip and, and AZ Alkmaar AZ mm-hmm. and then he was at Red Star and he was going to be the, the big thing you know I, I mean, six years ago he you was can't on the actually say they haven't tried yeah, yeah, you can't what? say they haven't tried Ange tried very hard I mean the the Greek mm. boy, ja, Apostolos Giannou. Yeah, yeah playing in, in Cyprus. Yeah. He's another one who just didn't do the job. So it's just a generic, uh, not a generic, I mean, it is a, a large issue it is, yeah. in Australian football. But you know what? They're not Robinson Crusoe. Mm. I mean, a lot of, like France has struggled to score goals in this tournament. Well, you know. Australia scored more goals in this tournament than Germany. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, have we? Yes, yeah. I believe so. Uh, didn't they get two against... Uh, same yeah, amount of goals. Same amount Sorry. of goals, yeah. yeah. So, it's, it is a global was a, problem. It, it, funnily enough, that was the thought that crossed my mind when I was at the South Korea match the other night. Uh, it was just so reminiscent of the issues that we had of plugging away in front of the goal and just nothing going in. Dominating possession, but yeah. no cutting yeah, edge. Do we, uh, do we throw in uh, Curran Bullet? <laughs> Be interesting. I, can, you know, I had such huge hopes for him, but yeah. you know, I think the mentality is not quite he's there. The, the the tear, he's the teardrop explodes, isn't he? He is. He yeah. is um, yeah. I think he's in Turkey. Oh, we, no, Germany, sorry, maybe. With, with due respect to all fans of that 80s band. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I'll when will I get my reward? Yeah, yeah. Julian Cope, wasn't it? Was he? He was teardrop yeah. explosive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. often. Did solo stuff afterwards. But Sorry. I mean, with the World Cup, <laughs> with the World Cup, with the World we Cup over our for the Socceroos, the, the Asian Cup comes up very, very closely. I mean, how do you think this team will fare at the Asian Cup? Coming in as title holders, you know. Well, you know got... what? I reckon they'll probably be very similar squad. Mm. I mean, yeah. you know, the, is there anyone who's not in the squad for this World Cup who would have a real genuine gripe? About Do you bring in a Troisi, a Bailey Wright? Uh, I mean, I don't think... Are, are they the people that are going to revolutionise No, they're James, not going to James is nearly 30, and I don't think he had a strong enough A-League season to, to push his case. Uh, Bailey Wright, he could come in for Mark Milligan if Milligan gives yeah. it away. Uh, and Bailey's still in his mid-twenties. He's still yeah, quite yeah. young. So I'd say he, he's got a chance to come back. But aside from that... I can't see an enormous number of changes. I mean, no. maybe... Brandon Barello, maybe? Uh, yeah, if he's fit. Maybe Josh yep. Briante, now that Arnie's the coach, might yep. get a look in. True. Brandon O'Neill, maybe? If he doesn't he's get another picked, Arnie. If he doesn't get picked by Ireland first, if Martin <laughs> O'Neill and Roy Keane don't get him. Um, All so, the more reason 
Yeah, yeah all the more reason to, to give him a cap. Well, offer him the chance anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the, aside from that, I mean, do, do we think Yednak will carry on? I suspect he will for the Asian I, I Cup. I think he will yeah. to the Asian Cup. I don't, I don't that, imagine he'd go off, he'd hang around after the, that. The interesting thing for that is that there's no... The English season will be going on, so if he stays at Villa or he moves on, he may have to say to him, look, I'm going to be away for a month, which obviously yeah. any English club is not going to be happy about. That's happened before. They, they do have a yeah. two-week close down in January. They are going to introduce that, mm. and, and it happened to him before at Palace, although he did lose his place in the team, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Pardew uh, took exception to it, but you know, I think he's at the back end of his club career now. It's probably not going to bother him over much I'm, I'm sure I think as, long, it, as long as the wages keep rolling in which they will I don't think they are Villa swan song. I think either way mm. I can't if he does make the squad I can't see him really pushing on Milo. beyond that oh, yeah. I'd say he would make the squad I if th- he wanted to I yeah. think that's one of the one of the maybe mistakes from Bird at this World Cup or you know a personal opinion but the fact that Luongo didn't receive any minutes considering he was arguably the most informed yeah. player coming in to the uh, to the World Cup Australian player. Who would you have dropped for him? Well, I think really? I think either you 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 reject the midfield late in the field instead of bringing on Irvine for Rogic, or you yeah maybe you do drop Milo for one of the games. I mean, the fact that he used fifteen players in all three games and he only he would have used fourteen except Nabu got injured. They did look tired in that Peru game yeah, to me. They looked I, very I, leg heavy. Big big thumbs up from me to you about Massimo. You and I, John, were at Craven Cottage mm. in March. Oh, he March, was fantastic. And he, he played the game against Colombia, and he was by far Australia's best. I mean, he looked like he could have got a game for Colombia yep. in that match. And uh, The two friendlies before the, uh, the World Cup as well. He, he, was, well, he, was, he was all right. He came off the bench in Norway, and they were absolutely honking. And he came on and he made them look a bit better. Um, and but against uh, Czech and Hungary. Oh, yeah, sorry, I, I wasn't at those two. But in, in, in the World Cup, it was astonishing to me. I do agree with you. He, 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 I'd rather have seen him in for Rogic than Irvine in for Rogic, those swaps. And maybe leave Millet out uh, or rejig the whole setup. And, you know, you could have had. He's a, he's a high energy player. I mean, he can he, score goals and yeah, he can, and he can create score them. goals. I'm not saying you could have used him in that in the boot role, no, really. No. But you know, maybe you could have pushed Rogic up to play not as a very different kind of number nine. A false nine. You could have used Rogic almost in that Viduka role from <coughs> years ago. He has been played and, in that and, role and without played, great and, success, though, as an, and played Longo though mm. as a an attacking sort of eight. What you, you say, Rogic has been used in that role. Yeah, I've seen him um, for whom Celtic. Celtic. Pretty sure he's played a false nine with them, and it didn't end well. No, no, it was a, just a, it, he's just not suited to. Um, he's not physical enough, despite all his great size. Despite the size, despite the strength, uh, and yeah. Does he deliver enough? I mean, is he great? The sort of great white elephant for Australia or not? Uh, you know, my my view is that in certain of these games, he looked fantastic for certain parts of these games, and he looked like he was about to really break the game open but mm. it doesn't do it for 90 yeah I would agree that there does seem to be a lack of consistency with him and he has got a clock running on him all the time and when you get to the 60 minute mark you, you're basically waiting for the uh, the board to go up and take him off um, I do feel that there is more we can get from him Yeah, um, I think he is a tremendous player and is worthy of his starting spot almost every single time but I still think we've yet to see the very very best of him mm-hmm. and I'm not sure when we're going to see that though that's a, that's I, think, a I, think, problem. I think the France game he was very well contained and 
uh, largely anonymous, but he was brilliant against Denmark, and I yeah. think he was one of Australia's best against Peru. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. don't disagree yeah. there, but that's yeah. what's so frustrating. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because he's terrific for 45 minutes yeah. in those, and you think, you know, he, he, he dribbled around three of them at one yeah, point yeah. in that Peruvian yeah. game, and you think, there's nobody else apart from Daniel Arzani who you might even do that. Do that. Exactly. Yeah. And then there was no end result to it, and oh. it's like, He's not doing it again for another half hour. I mean, the thing that got me is, Bert said very clearly from the start, I've got one formation, I may change the players, but we're playing the same formation, mm. same tactic, which is fine. But as we say, you know, he only played 14, 15 players the whole uh, mm. tournament. He didn't really change the, the players even that much, and nothing, nothing changed about the formation or the approach. We brought on Arzani, that gave a bit of life to it, but the Nabuk for Durich swap. Yeah, was Uri- just the most uninspired. Urich just never looked, looked just out of sorts, never looked fully fit, did he, or just not? No, yeah. he, he's not mobile. I mean, you, he's not mobile enough, I don't think, to play that hurrying, chasing role no, that uh, Andrew Naboot played. Um, so, yeah, but then again, have many teams really changed their lineup a lot? I think once you get to this level, that's true. Um, most yeah. coaches have settled on their best 11, they know their best changes. And they pretty much stick to their knitting. Well, True. funny, funny thing is that uh, obviously last night's result, Germany, they changed their players nearly every game. And how did that work out for them? Not particularly well. And you look at the quality that they have in their team that they can rotate. Yeah, I think this was an aberration, though, wasn't it? I mean, it's a once in 20 year or 18 year phenomenon. It was 2000 in the Euros, the last time they failed to get out of a group. And then they. The scary thing is, after that, they went away, re-evaluated everything about German football, rewrote the blueprint, and then became Weltmeisters, you know, sort of a decade or more later. Uh, the scary thing is they'll do it all again and become even better. Mm. <laughs> True. So given that the Asian Cup is in six months, do we see... Who do you think Arnie will bring in at that uh, pointy end? Still more of the same? Or do you think you'll just carry on with what we've got and try and make it work? Um, well, he, he's, he's largely um, circumscribed by the options. He, he might hope that Adam Taggart begins the A-League season in flying form and maybe gets, you know, sort of six goals in his first ten games or something and he'd then be knocking on the door, wouldn't he, for a look. Uh, he'd hope McLaren um, continues to, to show the... The form he has in in Scotland, uh, Brandon Barello, he'd hope, I imagine, that would be fully recovered and starting to score goals. Uh, outside of that, it is. You reckon Cruz will be in the squad? Don't know. No, I think he'll be in the squad. Do you think he'll be a starter? No, I wouldn't think so. No. Yeah, no. I, I I think he'll be in the squad if he's fit, but how much he gets used will be will be interesting. But. I still think, yeah, and we saw that in the Peru game with Daniel Azani, He, his conditioning needs to prove he's not ready to be starting those kind of games. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. right. He's, no. he's barely able to run out 90 in an A-League game. Yeah, yeah. well, he's only, I think he's only done 90 in an A-League game yeah. two or three and, times. And Warren Joyce uh, consistently said that when mm-hmm. he was being um, exactly grilled and why aren't you playing this kid all the time? He says he's just not up to it physically. Yeah. And he can't, and, you know, playing at that the highest level as a wide place you need to get back and do your defensive duties yeah. and he wasn't capable of that having said level. that though I think uh, Leckie being freed up as pretty much an all out attacking winger could, uh, we, could we make Matthew Leckie the number nine no, no? Well, Ron Smith did in a, in a piece I did with Ron Smith he was actually suggesting that as, a, as an option bring, bring ours on in and push Leckie in as a number nine 
Yeah, I mean, it couldn't be blunter than the instruments we've had, and it would certainly be more energetic. It's <laughs> finishing now. Well, he's no worse, no better than the others, because none of them can finish either. True, you know? but mm. I, I would try and find a solution that could actually find the back of the net. Yeah, uh, well, we're just circumscribed by the talent available. Mm. I, as I said, I, you, you'd hope maybe that Taggart might get back to something like he showed yeah. when he was a kid, but it's a big ask. Uh, Are we being hamstrung by trying to play Moy and Rogic in the same team? I, th- I think Moy's best position is number 10. Do you? I was going to ask you, do you think he's now going to be a permanent six? You clearly don't. I think I, I actually think he probably is, unfortunately, but I think he's wasted there. See, when Jed Max has gone, he is going to be yeah. the two, and maybe Briante will be the more defensive one who comes in to play that Jed Max role. Having, having watched him in the Premier League all, all season, I think he's best suited as a six. I think I think he might have even made more one more tackles in the Premier League than, than a handful of others, and I think he's not... At, at that international level, he's not quick enough or attacking enough to play but as a ten. How about how about going back to the conundrum of scoring? I mean, how about Jackson Irvine? Could he play up top as a false nine? Mm, no, I think I think he's actually better suited as a six. He's very good at making late runs in and scoring with I, his head, yes. or which I think That's was more. I think his real strength is yeah. playing him in the rocket troll is pushing him uh, too too far forward. I just yeah, think we really so. need to roll the dice here and just you know try all sorts of improbable and fanciful notions and hope that maybe one of them pays <laughs> off. Occasionally it does. You know, Chris yeah. Chris Sutton started life as a centre half. Ended up as part of Dion the, Dublin, as part of the <laughs> Sutton and Shearer show that won yeah. the title with Blackburn. So, you know, SAS, yeah, SAS. Occasionally, I don't know if Bailey Wright harbours uh, <laughs> ambitions of being a target man. <laughs> as um, I think with Moy, just going back to that, you know, the reason that he moved from Western Sydney Wanderers to uh, City was because he wasn't getting mm. that Chigiano uh, role, which, which what he wanted, and he did get it at City and Sean as a result and I just think you know where are the players best where are they happiest uh, let, let's play them there try and, instead of trying to shoot our them into positions where it's just not working all together for us well it's, it's clear it was very clear with under Postacoglu that he wasn't a particularly big fan of Moy yeah. he didn't play him a lot no. he only brought him on in was it the Syria game or you know with an well, injury he didn't start yeah yeah and and when Brett's my my information injured. my information was that that uh, he didn't didn't use him in the Asia Cup at all my information that he wasn't a particular big Moy fan but obviously he's become from where he's playing, him and Matt Ryan have become, you know, two of the most important soccer Well, he, yeah. he, he, I think he preferred Terry Antonis in the squad yeah. for the Asian Cup. Yeah, which is uh, uh, mind-boggling uh, when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, Antonis is a decent player, but he's not Aaron Moy, you yeah. know. Uh, Look, uh, the football's just about to start, so I reckon we'll just wind this up right now, but uh, it's been great talking to you guys. Indeed, we'll sit back and join Johnny D with a beer. Thanks for uh, listening in. Thanks, all. Speak to you soon.